0: This is TanakhCast. Welcome back to TanakhCast. This is episode 37, Numbers chapters 20 through 23. In classic Joss Whedon fashion, not one but two central characters are killed off in chapter 20. First, Wash gets impaled, then Agent Coulson dies in a similar... I mean, Miriam suddenly dies in verse 1 which sets off a water crisis and the usual kvetching. Oh no, there's a wine. To which God does not respond with a punishment. Rather, God tells Moshe and Harun to speak to a rock and water will spring forth. But Moshe, either because he was still mad about Wash or annoyed that Agent Coulson died in the Avengers movie and suddenly came back to life in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV series, smashes the rock twice with his trusty staff. Water gushes, but God is not amused. Moshe and Aharon will now join the fate of their generation. They will not enter Kna'an. But before we can process these serious plot twists, there's another. The Jews are approaching the frontier with Edom and seek safe passage on their way to the land, which Moshe and Aharon will not enter. But the king of Edom categorically refuses. You shall
1: not pass!
0: so the Jews have to consider a different route, but when they arrive at the oddly named Hill's Hill, God tells Moshe to bring Aharon and his son Elazar to the top of Hill's Hill, where Aharon will transfer his vestments to his son and then die. When news of this breaks, the people are devastated and they weep for 30 days. But once the mourning is done, there's no more talk of war. This time, chapter 21 introduces the king of Arad, who, hearing of the approaching Jews, decides to attack first, taking captives. After some trash talk and vowing of vows, these Canaanites are utterly routed and their cities are laid to waste. But when the Jews begin their long detour, they kvetch and moan once again. But this time...
1: Excellent! They have spotted us! Cobra,
0: Vipers and fiery snakes set upon the people and bite them, and many die. The survivors plead for help, and God tells Moshe to erect a nehushtan, or what the Greeks would call a rod of a scalpius, to cure the bitten. This staff with a coiled brass snake around it is not to be confused with the caduceus or the staff of Hermes, which has two coiled snakes and a pair of wings at the top. All you would have to do is see the Nechushtan, and you would be cured. The rest of the chapter is uh, dedicated to marching, a reference to the book of the Wars of Adonai, singing, more marching, and... Cry havoc, and let slip the dogs of war! When the dust settles, and at the end of chapter 21, the Jews have conquered and decimated the kingdom of Sichon, the Amorite and Og the Bashanite on the eastern bank of the Jordan River. Chapter 22 situates the Jews in the frontier of Moab and shifts perspective to the Moabite king, Balak, the son of Zippor, who is quaking in his sandals. The Jews are coming and conventional weapons are useless against them. And so he decides to go thermonuclear. He sends the elders of Moab and Midian with tokens of augury in hand to Bilam the son of Beor, a diviner and prophet, to get him to curse the Jews. Bilam tells the elders to stay the night, and quote, I will bring back to you whatever word Adonai speaks to me. That night, God tells Bilam, Forget about it. Now forget about it. And so Bilam tells the elders, Sorry, can't help you. But Balak is undeterred. He sends noblemen again and again to solicit Bilam's help, and Bilam tells them that Balak can give him a whole house filled with gold and silver, it doesn't matter but he asks them to stay the night so he can consult with God, and this time God tells him to go with the nobleman, but, quote, only the word that I speak to you, that alone may you do. So in the morning, Bilam saddles his donkey and heads out, but I guess God has a change of heart and sends an adversary or angel with a sword in hand to block Bilam's way. Except Bilam doesn't see the angel, but the donkey does, and the donkey doesn't want to approach the angel, so she strays off the path and... Bilam, trying to get the donkey back on the trail, grows increasingly frustrated and begins to beat the donkey. Nothing Bilam does can convince the donkey to proceed. His beating grows more intense until verse 28, when God, quote, opened the mouth of the she-ass. And she said to Bilam, what have I done to you that you have struck me on these three occasions? And here's the kicker. Bilam doesn't say, hey, a talking she-ass. He engages the donkey's complaint and says that he hit the donkey because she has been insubordinate. And churlish. To which the donkey replies, Have I ever done this to you before? To which Bilam, again, not opting for hey, a talking and debating she asks, says, Well, no, you've actually been a a pretty good donkey. And at which point the angel reveals himself to Bilam, and Bilam, feeling the fool, falls on his face, and the angel then tells Bilam, Beavuf. You're a stupid dumbass. In other words, what's the matter with you? Why did you have to hit your donkey three times? She's only trying to help, and if she hadn't, I would surely have killed you and let her live. And so the angel reiterates God's command, and Bilam continues on his merry way, promising only to say what God tells him to say. He even repeats this to Balak when they finally meet and heads out to see the Jewish encampment. Balaam tells Balak to build seven slaughter sites on the hilltop, and then he gets all poetic and drops some parables on Balak, which sound pretty positive about the Jews, and repeats yet again the charge that he can only say what God tells him to say. So Balak suggests, maybe we should have a look from a different spot. Perhaps you might be in a cursing mood. So they go, and Balaam has him build seven more slaughter sites. And once again, Balaam says, I can only say what God tells me to say. And finally, Balak, realizing the blunder of enlisting a rogue diviner, Begs Bil'am, quote, if you just cannot revile them, revile them, then do not bless them, bless them. Chapter 23 closes with Balak building seven more slaughter sites and offering up a bull and a ram on each of them. And you could probably guess what happens next. So there's a lot to talk about this week. And my eldest daughter, Mayan Mendelssohn Aviv, has a lot to say about it. So let's get to it. Welcome, Mayan Mendelssohn-Aviv to TanakhCast. Hi! Mayan Mendelssohn-Aviv, who are you?
1: I'm your eldest daughter.
0: That's right. And Mayan has been a big fan of TanakhCast uh, from the beginning, and she's always wanted to come on and talk about something. And so when I asked her what, is, what it is that she's interested in, she wanted to talk about the talking donkey. Oh, yeah. So let's do a little bit of a setup here. So Bilaam... You know he's a pretty lucky guy he's has a relationship with God and it's a one-way relationship but you know it's it's a relationship I mean God appears to him in a dream and tells him to do things but they still communicate and that's a big deal for somebody who's not even part of the Jewish people so uh, when Balak hires or tries to hire Bilam to curse the Jews Bilam always says no because God tells him to say no but eventually after Balak just nudniks him like endlessly like three times he sends people bilam finally says okay but he only says okay because god told him the dream the night before that it was okay and that the following morning you know after god tells him to say okay he says okay and then he gets on his donkey and off he goes but god gets angry with bilam why do you think that happened
1: well uh, this almost, this like reminds me of when Paro changed his mind every single time the plagues disappeared. Except for the fact that God was like hardening Paro's heart. So basically, this was, uh, God was Paro and he was hardening his own heart because he had practice from hardening Paro's.
0: So in, in this story, if we're thinking about it in terms of characters, is really basically like. Five characters in this in this story up up to this point. I mean, major characters. There's Balak the king. There's Bilam the prophet. There's God. There's Bilam's donkey and the angel. Who who do you who do you root for in this story?
1: um I'm actually gonna root for the talking donkey, cause a he's fan favorite. He should get back to Shrek. And b <laughs> because he's innocent. He it's, just, a, it's
0: actually a she. The donkey. Okay. She,
1: okay. Right? A she donkey. Mm-hmm. This she donkey was innocent. They they were just trying to save their master. They were not bad.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, even though the, the 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 she ass or the donkey is the fan favorite, who do you think we're supposed to root for in this story? Like, who does the 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 ta, like you know, the Tanakh want us to to side with in this story?
1: I think they want us to start with the root for Biel- um because he's, like, the protagonist or our hero.
0: Really? You think he's the hero?
1: Well, he's, like, the protagonist guy, and so we're supposed to think he's, like, the hero guy and stuff like that, and we're not that narrow-minded, but also because he's being nicked from all directions. His trusty donkey just bad-mouthed him. His angel's getting in his way. hmm God's basically throwing him around. I feel like like we f- should feel kind of bad for him.
0: Well, how would you have reacted if your uh, trusty she donkey started mouthing off to you?
1: What I probably would have done, and I would have been like, eh, like, what the heck is going on here? And then I would have, like, started bad-mouthing him back, because I have this terrible temper that I won't, like, I cannot stand when people criticize me. I seriously cannot.
0: Which kind of reminds me, you know, when Bielam starts having it in with his, with his she donkey about that joke that you told about the two muffins in the oven.
1: Oh, yeah, that one. Okay, so the joke goes that. So there's two oven muffins in the oven, and one says to the other. No, muffin one says to the other, Wow, man, it's getting hot in here. Muffin two looks at the muffin one and says, Hey, hey, a talking muffin!
0: Yeah, and it's. <laughs> Love that joke. And you would think that the Bilam's reaction would be the same, like, hey, a talking donkey. But instead, they start arguing. And then, the angel appears, and he gets into the argument, too. He's like, why are you hitting your donkey?
1: I know. He's basically telling him off for, like, putting spurs in his horse or something. And, like, like I would feel ganged up on if, like, a, talk- a talking donkey started badmouthing me. Then I told him, wait. Back off, dude! And then an angel came off and was like ganging up on me with this talking donkey we just met. And he's like, "You know, you shouldn't. Have... Why do you hit your donkey? Like, what was that?"
0: So, what what did you learn from this story besides that you shouldn't hit your talking donkey?
1: How was I supposed to know it was a talking donkey?
0: Well, assuming that all your animals might start talking to you <clears throat> at some point. What what you know what what are we supposed to learn from this? This ex- this experience that Bilam has.
1: I think we probably should learn, well, other than hitting our talking donkeys, which is a very big point, I think, that we should, like, listen to God. Or else he's, like, going to kill you. Or send a talking donkey to kind of, like, badmouth you. Something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. So listen to God.
1: Or not listen to God and you'll die.
0: Well, isn't that kind of the outcome of all these stories that we read in the Tanakh? Unfortunately, folks don't learn their lesson ever, I guess.
1: No, never.
0: Thanks, Maya <laughs> Mendelsohn-Aviv, for joining us on Cast.
1: Hoot hoot!
0: And uh, <sighs> thanks for your time.
1: No, I was really bored. Thanks clean, for your time.
0: Now go clean your room.
1: Okay, bye. Bye.
0: As always comment question or comment at the facebook page that's facebook.com slash tanakhcast t-a-n-a-k-h-c-a-s-t or at thenextjew.com or leave a comment question or comment at the itunes store or at stitcher smart radio or soundcloud and while you're at it why not leave a review that way other folks who are looking for a little tanakh learning might discover this humble podcast and join in the fun you're invited to come back and join us next week ish Episode 38 on the Book of Numbers, chapters 24 through 27, with a special guest and spouse, Noah Mendelssohn Aviv. Y'all come back now. Here.